Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Cloud Wars Live. We are digging deep into the digital transformation, the crazy things that are going on in the work world. Changes are happening at a more intense level and a more rapid pace than ever before. So it's good for all of us to understand where we are and more importantly, where we're headed. So one of our dear friends, one of our monthly digital all-stars, Bonnie Tinder, who is the founder and CEO of Raven Intelligence, is going to share with us today some notions about how to ensure we're looking at the right sort of metrics as we try to plot our way forward. Bonnie, welcome back. It's always great to see you. So great to be here. Thanks for having me. So Bonnie, you brought up this notion about, you know, metrics and data are important, but we've got to be sure we're looking at the right sort of metrics, the right sort of data, and spinning the right conclusions out of those as opposed to getting trapped in this notion of vanity metrics. Yes. And like I do every um, month, I have a, a quote that I think uh, corresponds to this particular topic. Um, there are three types of lies. There's lies, there's damn lies, and there's statistics. And uh, Benjamin Disraeli, I think, said that, but it really um, encapsulates this idea of vanity metrics, um, which you know can make us feel good um or tell part of the story but in some cases um really distract us from the overall um context of of what's happening uh, yeah bonnie it, it's a it's a great point especially it seems uh vital and important today because in this world now that is more and more awash with data which can be a good thing if we get caught up in following the wrong sorts of numbers or uh, an incomplete set of numbers, we're going to be headed off in the wrong direction. And uh, so we can't confuse the fact of having some data or having some metrics with being, okay, there we're locked in then because we've got numbers because some of them can be the wrong numbers, right? Or, or incomplete. That's right. And you know, the, the problem with vanity metrics is they're easy to come by and they're mostly easy to understand. And so, you know, you can present an idea very simply using metrics that could potentially mislead you to the wrong uh, answer. So in some ways, you know, vanity metrics um, can be used to prove a point because everybody can sort of get behind them. Um, but in order for them to really um, be able to, to help you make a well-informed choice or really determine what your next course of action should be or your best decision, you really need a more complete story and some of the metrics that peel back the onion and, and get you, at, I, I think, a more complete view of what matters. Okay. Yeah. Um, Bonnie, you know, uh, the... The, the, the points you're making there, the ones that matter. And again, I think uh, all of us today want to try to get uh, more connected to data, um, you know, to be one of these, oh, you know, we've got a data culture in this company. So I think the point that you're bringing up is so important because, you know, there don't be, you know, um, don't be fooled by, you know, false gods. Watch out you, that the data that you're choosing to follow is the stuff that's really going to get you aligned with the final outcome versus, you know, a partial thing over here or something that feels good over there, but uh, doesn't really lock you down into where you need to head. Um, so Bonnie, what would you say with software projects? Where do you look at those 
um, uh, the potential dangers or pitfalls of where uh, vanity metrics can get you going in the wrong direction. Yeah, so I'll, I'll tell you some common ones that, that we hear all of the time. And I, I don't wanna throw the baby out with the bathwater here because data is, is really good. And these, you know, there's a lot of legitimacy in some of these things that I'm going to mention. Um, but there's, there's other um, things that are not discussed that I think are equally as important. So mm -hmm. give you an example. So software vendors all the time use this idea of customer satisfaction rating. It's usually self-reported. And if they're talking about it, it's a high number. So let's say 96%. We hear that often on a lot of these quarterly investor calls. Oh, our customer satisfaction rating from our annual customer sat survey is 96%. Um, but that really doesn't um, you know, tell the complete story. You don't know what, how many people they asked. You don't know, is this, are these executive cronies? Are these, you know, how is this being validated? Um, you know, to what level of satisfaction are they? They might be satisfied, but they're also, um, you know, not gonna do business with you next year. So that's, customer sat rating is, is one that's thrown out there all the time. And if it's above, you know, 95% or so, you know, really, I like, I, I don't even look at it as legitimate. Um, you know, other things are run rate, um, and those are the financials. So common ones for SaaS vendors are EBITDA, customer count. Um, a lot of times you'll hear a litany of the big logos that they just signed. Um, whereas what's more important to tell the story is, um, you know, what percentage um, of those customers are referenceable. Was there an externally validated NPS study that was done? What's the churn rate? What's the software adoption rate? What's your own employee retention rate? That is a huge leading indicator on what your customer success rate is going to look like in the future. If you're bleeding employees with turnover, chances are your customers are going to also experience huge gaps in customer uh, service in the future. So those are equally as important as the things like EBITDA, because those are going to be leading indicators to what your, um, you know, your sustainability is over time. Well, and you've talked a lot on some of our previous discussions about this, another one that, you know, everybody wants to have stuff done on time or ahead of schedule theoretically, but what you really want and the point you've brought up is that what customers really want is an effective and production and successful project that builds on the success of the company and contributes to the success of the company. So that it isn't that on time is a relevant or irrelevant metric, but it's got to be seen in a better context, right? So sometimes these very high numbers that we see about on time projects or so on there, they seem great, but that can be one of those vanity type things. For sure. And, you know, just last week, a very well-known uh, software vendor boasted about a 96% on-time deployment rate or implementation rate from customers. Uh -huh. And as soon as I heard that, um, you know, I was like, 
and anybody who you know has been in the world of enterprise software implementation is like 96% is I, I mean it's like not feasibly possible um you know and that not you know that's not necessarily a bad thing it doesn't mean that there's a ton of failures but 96% uh implementation on time rate for these complex installs is is just you know we know that that's not true and certainly the data that we have um you know about projects at at raven um would tell a, a a totally different story and so i think you know it's it's one of those things to hear a statistic like on-time delivery um you know but how is that defined so what is on-time delivery and how do you define it because if on-time delivery is 96 percent um and it's based on a a, you know, a date that's moved eight times. Well, it's easy to have a, you know, an on-time delivery for a moving target. Um, and so, in in those type of cases, when you hear numbers like that, you always want to sort of peel back the onion to understand. Okay, well, how are you defining on time, huh. um, and really validating that type of data against more externally available data, which would say, you know industry averages are more like in in the 60s and 70s um and you know in this particular vendor's case you know i i have their project reviews um you know 20 percent less than that so it's like you have to validate okay so how are you defining those type of things when you hear you know data like that um Bonnie, I want to uh, follow up with a question on that but first i want to offer a note from our uh, friends at bmc who are our sponsors you see today in the world a lot of companies that are athletes that are able to achieve world-class performance. That's when they're on their A game. Businesses are also able to deliver on this A game, but they need to have everything working in concert across the organization, the right data getting into the right hands at the right time. And we can call this for businesses being on their A game. And BMC calls this the autonomous digital enterprise. It's when everything works together, people products, technology, and so forth to achieve the desired outcomes. If you want to find out more about how BMC and the Autonomous Digital Enterprise can help you, check out bmc.com slash A-game. So, Bonnie, I I've, I've uh, was listening to your, your discussion there about on time, when that is important, isn't important, how you got to see it in the broader context. And I was reminded of um, several years ago when it seemed like overnight the a lot of the airlines went from having pretty crappy on-time performance to superb on-time performance. And I guess what they did was they just said, okay, we used to take off at nine and land here at 11. We'll just say the new arrival time is 12. And all of a sudden, boom, their numbers look great, but their performance didn't change at all. Right. Right. And, you know, in my experience, having sat on many a late airplane, you know, I always think that they, you know, pull five feet back from the jet bridge and all of a sudden they've now departed, officially departed um, on time. Now we're gonna sit on the tarmac for two hours, but you know, they were on time. And like you said, um, so it all depends on how they define what is on time. Uh -huh. And I think that's one of the, the sort of tests that you have to, um, you know, put your, data through is, is um, you know, how is something measured? Who's reporting it? Um, and has it been validated and defined well? 
Um, I think that, you know, when you hear statistics, um, again, you need to trust it, but verify. So, Bonnie, let me see if we could try to, um, you know, isolate some of what you're talking about, specifically around software projects. I know that both at Raven Intelligence uh, and, you know, your sort of overall outlook, you've said you can get lost in a sea of metrics around projects like that, but you've said that there are a few that sort of ultimately determine the ones that the metrics that matter versus the fluffy feel good ones. What are the ones around software projects that you'd advise people to really uh, lock in on? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I want to go back to that, you know, there's certain KPIs or vanity metrics in some cases that 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 tell part of the story and they're still important to measure because they are they're in some cases leading indicators of success so on time delivery on budget delivery rate of team change those type of things satisfaction um, is is another one those are simple metrics everybody understands them but the actionable metrics or the metrics that really matter in digital transformation are going to be ones that can be tied back to business objectives. Mm -hmm. um, so they are, you know, the, the, you know, things like number one, any revenue improvement, yeah. um, number two, cost reduction or number three, working capital improvement. So, in a project, if you were able to implement a change that resulted in your ability to get more customers more cheaply, retain customers more efficiently, or free up capital because you've reduced expenses, th those are metrics that matter. Those are vanity, those are not just vanity metrics, those are metrics that you can directly show return on investment for. And those are, those are huge. Um, again, the things, you know, the leading indicators of the, those are, was my project delivered on time, on budget, and was I satisfied with it? But the real metrics are the business value delivered, number one. Number two is going to be things like stakeholder adoption. So, you know, an easy vanity metric in this area that I see a lot of people measuring is, uh, initially in projects, is, is you know, logins created. So number of users on the system, that is one piece of the pie and you wanna see those numbers go up. But what's more important is, you know, your active users on the system. Are they repeat customers? Are they truly adopting the system? Um, you know, the other piece of it is, can't necessarily be measured with just a metric, it has to be, qualitative in addition to quantitative. So what is the actual feedback from your stakeholders that um, need to adopt your software? Because it's one thing to measure, you know, number of times they hit the system, but if they absolutely hate the system and, you know, it's, it's making their workload less efficient, that's a problem. And so that's why you have to sort of temper those metrics with the qualitative feedback as well. And then finally, um, you know, customer experience. And these can be things uh, measured by, you know, your customer churn rates or externally validated, um, you know, customer satisfaction ratings. You know, certainly this is an area that Raven really helps with um, validating because we're an external source that goes directly to the customers for feedback. 
um, on a, a, a project. So, you know, what is the customer experience? Um, and, you know, one of the huge questions that is a example of this that we ask our in, in our reviews is how likely are you to do business with this vendor again? How likely are you to buy more software from them within the next 12 months? And those are the real, um, you know, metrics that, that matter as opposed to, um, you know, yes, I had a successful project, check the box, and it was done on time. Blaine, you know, it's interesting as I listen to your uh sort of running through that uh, impressive list of metrics that matter, most of them seem to be externally driven, you know, more revenue, will you do business? What was the experience like versus, and it's, they're not unimportant, but the internal ones have to be subservient to the external ones. So again, not that they're unimportant, but they've got to be put in the right context. That's right. And the ones that, um, you know, your internal um, metrics, um, are easier to measure. Those are the ones that you can do almost automatically. It's like yeah. the same as like measuring clicks or something like that. You know, it's easy to see number of clicks um, on your social media and think, hey, I, you know, everybody's looking at this. This is great. Clicks does not tell the story though. And what's more um, telling is, okay, so what amount of clicks actually drove revenue to my company? Um, and, you know, Bob, you and I were talking earlier about Netflix and, you know, how they reported these very, very impressive numbers with um, number of people actively watching and, um, you know, they're, um, you know, active on their site, which is, you know, is one of the metrics that was a great vanity metric they used all the time. But what they weren't measuring is, is what was that user level having on the actual revenue yeah. and you know it was telling quite a different story when they actually saw all right how much money are we making on all of this bandwidth that's being used and they were actually losing money so um, yeah. that's why it's so important to temper the internal type of data the vanity metrics along with the stuff that's that's how should i say deeper than skin deep yeah yeah. And Bonnie, you know, that with the Netflix thing too, I wonder if it was almost became uh, psychological in some way, quarter after quarter after quarter, their number of subscribers was going up and they began to think, oh, well, that's just how it is. It's always going to go up. And they failed to maybe get some early uh, warning indicators, uh, you know, front edge indicators from the market, like people aren't liking this so much. So when they had that sort of uh, calamitous drop in subscribers. It was a, a shock to their whole system there. And so we, we also, I think one of the points that you've been making here is that the data that you look at, you gotta make sure you're focused hard on the right data and don't assume that because the data begin to indicate a certain trend that, well, that's just the enduring reality. You've gotta make that happen every time. And that's what I think was the real thing that uh, I, I believe the Netflix era was in some ways psychological. They got lazy and felt past success is a predictor and a guarantor of you know future performance, and it isn't. Um, so, Bonnie, with that in mind, I wanted to ask maybe as a final question here: Could you offer your advice on what are the metrics people should look at on these incredibly important and enduring digital transformation projects? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think the the business value delivered is number one, stakeholder adoption, number two, customer experience 
is number three. Um, and you know, if you're measuring a digital transformation project, um, you know, you're going to have a, a litany of sort of sub KPIs within each of those areas. But those are the ones that you can really show a return on investment um, for your company around. Now, if you're making a decision, though, about a vendor or a system in order to, you know, get at some of these larger issues, um, you know, you're going to hear a lot of statistics shared as you're interviewing and selecting, um, you know, I, you know, and hearing from the sales um, and business development folks at a software vendor. I think what's important if you're basing your decisions around what you're hearing and you're hearing statistics, um, you know, I think it's two things are really important to validate. Number one is that you're considering the source of uh, the, the facts or the statistics that you're hearing. And it's one thing to hear them from an executive and presented and, you know, could be in a white, you know, in, in brochureware on a website and, and things like that. And that's that's nice. But you want to always validate what you are hearing from the customer perspective or from independent sources. That's where Raven can help in that we go directly to customers to ask, OK, so what was your experience with this particular um, you know, vendor or partner, et cetera, and you'll get the story from, from that end. So you're going to want to trust but verify what you're hearing during the sales process with actual real life references. And then number two is um, this idea of making sure the metrics that you're basing your decision on actually are relevant to you as well. I mean, if you're making a decision based on a particular vendor has 10,000 clients and all of these really big logos, but you're a small, mid-sized sort of, um, you know, company that, you know, isn't McDonald's or isn't, you know, Home Depot or something like that. And you're, you know, and that's, they're sort of in a, in a different whole stratosphere than you. You want to find the best fit. So you want to validate what you are looking at and the, the metrics you're basing your decision on and not be sort of um, impressed with big names, big numbers, and all of those things as much as you are with how is this particular vendor going to fit me and has this vendor done work with people just like me and am I able to validate that? So um, again, it's one thing to hear the statistics, it's yet another to really know that you verified them yeah. independently. Yeah. And certainly, you know, Raven is a place that can help help in that endeavor as well. Yeah, um, Blinding, that's, that's great advice, great insight. And as you said there a minute ago, for people who want to learn more about this, it's ravenintel.com and the company, uh, Blinding's company, Raven Intelligence. Now you got a birthday coming up, right? Yes, four years. Fantastic. Very exciting. Thank Fantastic. you. Well, I hope, Bonnie, the next four years are even better than these first four wonderful ones have been for you and Raven Intelligence. Thank you so much. Well, and folks, thanks to all of you for being with us here at Cloud Wars Live. And uh, we hope that the springtime is off to a good start for you. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks very much. All right. Let me see if I can do this live.